Oh, Father, we praise and bless the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you for this another opportunity to minister to your people this morning. Revelation knowledge flows freely this day. Wherever your people are connected to this service around the world, right here in this city, I decree that the word comes with clarity. Revelation knowledge is gifted everyone under the sound of my voice. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. I declare that your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you for answered prayer. We give you praise and glory for another opportunity to learn your word today. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Oh, hallelujah. Well, lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Oh, glory to God. I want to welcome every one of you, every one of you, power citizens around the world. Those of you watching on Facebook, YouTube, Kingdom Life Network, and all the platforms, all our campuses. We're so glad to have everybody connected. And we're glad that we have the privilege of hearing and learning the word of his grace today. And you get ready. The word is going to build you up and you will never be the same again at the end of this service. Can somebody shout a powerful amen? All right, of course, you know that we are in conditions where we're not able to assemble physically here. But I'm here this morning to bring to you the word. The Spirit of God spoke to me within the course of the week to examine a subject the next few weeks on the misunderstood God. The misunderstood God. Let's get in the word this morning. The book of James chapter 1 verse 5. James chapter 1 verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Look at verse 16 of that James chapter 1. James 1 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Why will James highlight a general experience? Or why will he say, do not err, my beloved brethren? And the next statement he makes is in verse 17 of the same James chapter 1. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now the previous statement in verse 13 also. Look at verse 13 of the same James chapter 1. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Underline that. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. So James is dealing with a general problem by saying, do not err. Do not err about who? In verse 13. Let no man say 
When he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. So he's saying, do not err about God. The word err is the Greek word planao, P-L-A-N-A-O, P-L-A-N-A-O. It implies to be led astray. It's not even as much as a mistake like when you say the guy erred. It's not like a mistake. He is not referring to a mistake. He's actually saying you are being led astray. So in using this word, he infers that there is someone or something responsible for you being led astray. There is someone or something or somebody responsible for you being led astray. Let's see the use of the word or the, the term planner O. In Matthew chapter 18 verse 12. Matthew chapter 18 verse number 12. How think ye if a man have an hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray? Doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? Gone astray or led astray? The same in James chapter 1 verse 13. James chapter 1 verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. That is to cause to wonder. That is something makes this man to wonder. Now, why will Jesus present this picture and say, do not err? Do not err. Why will James say, do not err? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Very important. Underline the word. Be not deceived. In other words, he is not talking about making a mistake. He is saying someone or something is responsible for the way you think. Someone or something is responsible for the way you think. In other words, when you say someone is deceived, there is an information that is present. There is an information that is present. Someone must have said something or shown something or written something that will make the party that goes astray to be led astray. So the question is, where will James derive such a position? Does not infer to any incidents. James does not infer to any incidents. He is not speaking about something like, don't be led astray. There is a false prophet in town. Don't be led astray. There is a false teacher in town. That's not, he's not making a reference to an incidence here. Or don't be led astray. There is this person preaching this or preaching that. No, he presents his case in such a way that you will know when the leading astray is present. Verse 13 of James chapter 1 again. James 1 13. He says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. The word no man is just derived. It's actually in the original, let none say. 
Not let no man, let none say which present itself, not just talking about persons, but situations or experiences. Not just talking about persons, but situations or experiences. Alright? It is the Greek word medias, M-E-D-E-I-S, which is not just about persons, but it's about instances. Instances. He says, let none... This terminology is used for that which does not exist. Let none, that is, let nothing which includes persons and experiences. Let nothing say, in other words, the word medias, when it is presented, talks about an impossibility. It doesn't exist. An impossibility. Let nothing or let no way, or let no man, or let no experience, or let no encounter, let nothing say, when you are tempted, I am tempted of God. Then in verse 16, pay attention, James chapter 1 verse number 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err, my beloved brethren, because this error of judgment... As we are going to see, as we study, will come from the scriptures. This error of judgment, as we are going to see, as we study the next few weeks, will come from the scriptures. In other words, James is writing concerning an impression you can have from the scriptures. Let no man say, or let no one say, or let no experience say, when I am tempted, I am tempted of God. Why will he say that? Because within the scriptures, you will find such evidences. Within the scriptures, you will find such evidences. For example, let's look at a man like Job. The book of Job gives us a background and we're going to read three aspects of brother Job's life. The first one is Job chapter 42 verse 5. Job chapter 42 verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. But now my eye seeth thee. After 41 chapters, in other words, James is letting you see that his opinion of God, Job is letting you see that his opinion of God was formed by a third party. I've been hearing of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. By the last chapter of his book, he was seen as an ignorant man. Look at that Job 42 verse 5. Give me the message translation. The message translation. The message translation. I admit, I once lived by rumors of you. Underline that, rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. So 41 chapters of the book of Job were rumors. They were written based on rumors. What you heard from people about God, what one pastor said about God, what another pastor said about God. And there's this rumor that has been making rounds in the last few weeks and a few people have called me to say, what about all these antichrists 
And what about all this 5G technology thing? Maybe the devil is trying to create a computer chip and give people 666 without the people knowing. Hey, 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 hold. The problem is some of you have not been listening very carefully. I will be surprised if anybody in our church, anybody that has followed my teachings, will be thrown off balance with all of these theories that are going around. It doesn't matter which man of God is. It doesn't matter. Brother Paul says, though we or an angel preach any other thing to you than that we have preached before, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. That is why you must stay in the word continually and don't let nobody take advantage of you and use you for breakfast. What is 5G and what is computer cheap? And I even heard that some man of God said, if you are not careful, you will lose your salvation. Well, first of all, first of all, I have taught you before now. I will not listen to any preacher on any subject until I have first of all heard his message on salvation. When a man do not understand eternal salvation and has not come face to face with the terms that what Jesus did was eternal. What Jesus gave you is eternal life. What Jesus gave you is eternal redemption. Jesus said, all that my father has given to me, none is lost. Jesus said, I give unto you eternal life and you shall never perish. No one shall be able to pluck you out of my hand. My father that gave you to me is greater than all. No man can pluck you out of my father's hands. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God by faith, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Now, when you do not understand those terms, that is when you will be thinking there is a computer chip that will be produced by an antichrist somewhere and that when they put it in your body, you lose your salvation. How can a computer chip produced by a man destroy the finished work of Christ in a believer? Are you thinking straight or is something mentally agitated in your head? And that's why I do not listen to a preacher until I have had his position on salvation. Because salvation forms the basis for ministry. The reason why Jesus came was to save from sin. Whether it is 5G or 10G, <laughs> why didn't the Antichrist use first 1G, second G? Or why didn't he use the third G? Even now we're using the fourth G to stream. All the messages you are watching, all the preachers in the world, including those that are propounding that theory, all of them are able to preach to you through 4G. And yet it is not Antichrist. It is 5G that is now Antichrist. You need to think and you need to stay with the word of God. Don't let nobody throw you off balance. You are secured in Christ. Oh, glory to God. You are complete in him. You are kept by him. You are preserved by him. And what he has done in you is, is a permanent job. And as long as we are here, the devil will not run riot. Our presence here preserves this world. Until we leave this world, no devil has any right to mess around. We are here in charge. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Alright, now, so, James is letting you see that somebody is responsible for you erring from the scriptures. And the first person we're examining is brother Job. In other words, Job's relationship with God until chapter 42 was speculative. By the point was that he did not stop him from talking. He was talking even when he wasn't sure of anything. 
His, his, his experience with God was based on what his mother told him, what his father told him, what one man of God told him, what another man of God told him. He never had a personal experience or relationship with God. In fact, fortunately or unfortunately, the book of Job has 41 chapters of just rumor talk. That was quite much. You will ask yourself, how many chapters did Abraham have in the Bible? You can even count a few, the few chapters where Abraham appears. But Job has 41 chapters. So in his speculation, he has 41 things written in the Holy Scriptures. He says in chapter 42, verse 5, Job chapter 42, verse 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye seeth thee. That is, I am just hearing around. I grapple in the dark. My, my, my conclusions on God are rumor based. Then he concludes all things. You will hear people say, all things work together for good to those who love God. All things. Not all things. All these things. Which things? In that context, for those he foreknew, he predestinated. Those he predestinated, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. Now, all these things, foreknowledge, predestination, call, justify, glorify, all of it works together for my good. Not everything. No. It is a contextual statement and you don't just generalize it. You know the coronavirus is working for good. Everything is... No, 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 no. Don't quote the scriptures out of context. Remember what I told you last Sunday? When a scripture is misinterpreted, a major truth is lost. Now let's get back to Job. Look at what the speculations of Job made of him. Job chapter 1 verse 20. Job chapter 1 verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Next verse. And said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Next verse. In all these, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now, that looks like religion. God has given and taken away and you are blessing him for what? The point was, whoever wrote it should correct that. Because Job charged God foolishly. He charged God foolishly. He didn't sin because he didn't do anything deliberately in the knowledge. But to say he didn't charge God foolishly is contestable because he was actually foolish. You know this report was given about him till he himself said in Job 42 verse 5, message translation, Job 42 verse number 5, I admit, I once lived by rumors of you. Now, in 42, now, I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I have known you by rumors. I have known you by rumors. So how will Job make conclusions on God based on rumors? So do you agree that Job charged God foolishly? Oh yes, he did. 
Because this is the statement that makes people authenticate Job's ignorance. This is the statement that makes people authenticate Job's ignorance. Look at Job again, chapter 1, verse 21. Job, chapter 1, verse 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be his name. That is Job, religiously zealous, without knowledge. So Job charged God foolishly here, innocently, no doubt, but he said it is God that took away. Then look at his own admission in Job chapter 3 verse 24. Job chapter 3 verse 24. For my sighing cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. 25. For the thing which I, I Job, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. 26. I was not in safety. Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet. Yet trouble came. He was learning in perpetual, living in perpetual anxiety. Job didn't greatly fear God. He greatly feared his fear. Lived in perpetual anxiety. From one prayer meeting to another prayer meeting. From one program to another. From one night vigil to another. From one prophet to another. The man was not in rest. He was all over the place looking for how to secure his fear. He said, I was not resting. I was full of zeal, but no knowledge. He was in presumption. He was a presumptuous man. He was seeking God in fear. Many people right now are seeking God in fear. Oh, maybe this coronavirus is the judgment of God. Oh, maybe God is trying to punish the world. Oh, and God is trying to punish the world and you can use hand sanitizers to push away the judgment of God. Are you thinking straight? But Job admitted that I just got to know you via gist from different sources. Look at Job chapter 1 verse 5. Job chapter 1 verse 5. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, pay attention. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their hearts. Thus, did Job continually. His children were just enjoying themselves. And Job was busy pleading the blood over them. He rose up early in the morning, 5 a.m. To offer incense. There was no law there. Yet there was a consciousness of wrongdoing. It may be consciousness of wrongdoing. That my children have sinned against God. It may be, so he was offering animal sacrifices because he was conscious of wrongdoing. Look at it again, that Job chapter 1 verse 5. Job chapter 1 verse 5. And it was so, when the days of their feasting, the children were busy enjoying and having a nice time, that Job sent and sanctified them. And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be, he's not even sure. It may be that my sons have seen, seen consciousness and cursed God in their hearts. 
And this was a continual thing in the house of Job. He summoned his children with sin consciousness. He was shielding his children from the evil that God will do. Because he thought God was going to do evil. So he has to appease God. He has to offer offerings to God. And beg God. And plead with God on the behalf of his children. In case they have offended God. So that God will not kill them. And yet God has no capacity for evil. God does not have any configuration to do wrong. And this Job with all of his speculations has 42 chapters. Which includes... Many of his misguided friends who spoke authoritatively. So when Jesus says, let no man say, or when James says, let no man say, that will include Job. He wasn't talking generally. He was referring to things you will read and believe in the scriptures because of inadequate interpretation. And despite Job's admission of foolishness, people still quote Job today. Despite his admission of foolishness, people still go about quoting Job. Let's see another example in Luke chapter 9 verse 52. Luke chapter 9 verse 52. And sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Next verse. They did not receive him because his face was as though he will go to Jerusalem. Next verse. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Then they quoted a reference from the scriptures. Even as Elias did, they are quoting a scriptural reference for Jesus to authenticate their point. Next verse. And a major prophet at that. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what spirit you are of. You know not what spirit you are of. Next verse. For the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives but to save them and they went to another village. This included John the beloved. He didn't say shall we come and fire to scare them. He said to consume them. They have been with Jesus long enough yet see the state of their heart. They want to consume people. So we have someone repeated in scripture who says God tempts with evil. A reputable person in scripture who says God is evil and his name is Elijah. Because they quoted Elijah for Jesus in 1 Kings chapter 1. Elijah said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down. And fire came down and consumed the people. And these people were still using it. And even today, there are preachers who still use that, if I be a man of God, to destroy. But Jesus turned and rebuked them and said to them, you know not what, what spirit you are made of, what manner of spirit you are made of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So James' submission includes the prophets, of which Elijah was a major actor. James 1.13 again. James 1.13. Let no man say or let nothing say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. 
So that means it's impossible to say what you said is an impossibility. That is, it does not exist. Look at the word, I am tempted. I am tempted. It's actually a continuing verb. An action that is continuous. I am tempted. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted. It's a Greek word, perazo. P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. Perazo. It is used for Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Perazo. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To be tempted of the devil. Matthew chapter 4 verse 3. Matthew chapter 4 verse 3. Matthew chapter 4 verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So it's a fact that God does not try people. God does not try people. God was not trying. God doesn't try. Try. Let God try you. How can God try you when he knows everything? <laughs> like saying, God is trying me. It means he doesn't know me, so he wants to try me to see the outcome. God is all-knowing. He wouldn't be God if he has to try you to know what you're capable of. <laughs> he wouldn't be God if he has to try you to see what you will do. He is God because without trying, you already sees what you're capable of doing. Now, so you know God, people talking like that by rumor. God is testing you to see whether people who talk like that don't know God. The God they know is by rumor. God wants to check to see if I will still be. Why will God need to check when he's all-knowing? First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5. Defrauding not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, pay attention, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Satan tempt. Underline that word, Satan tempt. So Satan is the one always trying to find out. God is not trying to find out. God already knows. But Satan is not all-knowing. So he has to try to find out. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. I mean, we are his workmanship. God already ordained. God already knows what, what stuff we are made of. And you must, you must be able to know that God knows what, he, what God has made you what he wants you to be. He can't be testing what he has done. He has confidence in his product. So do you accept who you are in Christ? Because if you do, you won't be talking about God trying you or trying to check out what you're capable of doing or what you're not capable of doing. Now, Acts chapter 5 verse 9. Acts chapter 5 verse 9. This is Peter. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Underline that, tempt the spirit of the word, of the Lord, to tempt. This is Peter now. Peter likes that term, tempt. Look at Acts 15, 10 again. Acts chapter 15, verse 10. Acts 15, 10. Now therefore, why tempt ye God? This is Peter. Peter likes using why tempt ye God. Well, of course, he used it twice. It's either you're tempting the spirit or you're tempting God in Peter's words. But of course, you know, it was not the spirit that they were tempting. It was Peter that they were tempting, not God. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. We're looking at the word tempt. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. 
Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. They tempted. This is in Kadesh Barnea. They tempted. Look at the synonym, the synonyms, the synonyms words of tempt. The synonym of tempt. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. There had no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Temptation. So see God's role in temptation. He provides a way of escape. God's role in temptation is he provides a way of escape. Not escape from him, but escape from the temptation. Galatians chapter 4 verse 14. Galatians chapter 4 verse 14. And my temptation which was in my flesh, he despised not, nor rejected. But received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. My temptation. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 9. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And this is not God's work. And into many foolish and hurtful laws, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That can be God. Look at Hebrews 3, 8 and 9. Hebrews 3, 8 and 9. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Verse 9. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. They saw my works 40 years. Notice. Tempt, words like tempt Christ, words like tempt the spirit, words like tempt God or test God. Did you observe that what whoever attempted to do that did so in error from what we read? Did they attempt to tempt God? Yes. Can God be tempted? No. So they did that in ignorance. They attempted to tempt God in ignorance. So when Peter was saying, why tempted the Holy Ghost? The person that was actually tempted was Peter. Or the person that was being tested was Peter. In Acts 15.10, they were tempting men, not God. Those who tempted God or tested God were people in unbelief. They attempted because they don't know God that God cannot be tempted. Now James chapter 1 verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12. Pay attention. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. You think it is God that is tempting him and rewarding him? It can be. What kind of God is that that will tempt you then reward you? It cannot be God. Look at James, I mean 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 2 Peter 
chapter 2 verse 9 and shall receive second peter chapter 2 verse 9 the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation if your bible was mine i will underline that the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished the lord knoweth how to deliver so the role of God in temptation is deliverance. When there is a temptation from anywhere, the role that God plays is to deliver. Right? So the truth of the epistle is that God is the one walking in you. So he delivers the godly out of temptation. He does not tempt you. He delivers you out of temptation. He doesn't deliver the godly to temptation. He delivers the godly out of temptation. So it must not come out of your mouth that God is testing you. Let no man say, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. A preacher said, God asked him for money. Listen carefully to this story. God asked him for money. Then he gave God a check of one million naira. Then God said to him, stupid boy, stupid boy, is that what you give to your governor? Then he changed the check and God said, good boy, good boy. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. A preacher, a very great big preacher, a big preacher. Then God said, after I changed the check and added and made the money bigger, then God said, now, whether you like it or not, I am going to bless you. Whether you like it or not, I am going to bless you. Then he told his congregation, this boy, this boy loves God. This boy loves God. How will someone who owns the world, someone who owns the earth, cattles upon a thousand hills, the entire universe belongs to him. How can he be moved by, how much did you give? How much did you give? It's ignorance for some preachers and sometimes it's just manipulation. Right? Now, so James chapter 1 verse 13. James chapter 1 verse 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. For God cannot, underline, God cannot be tempted. Cannot be tempted. He uses a Greek word, aperestos. A-P-E-R-I-A-S-T-O-S. Aperestos. It means untried. God is untried or God is untriable. So that means historically, experientially, and naturally, God is untriable. God cannot be tried. God cannot be tested. Because First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. There had no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. Temptation is common to man. Temptation is common to man. So when James said, when you are tempted you receive a reward. The reward there is like a prize. Stephanos, in the Greek Stephanos, like a prize. That same reward is used in First Peter 5.4 First Peter 5 for, for further studies. First Peter 5 4. Philippians 4 1. 
First Corinthians nine twenty five, Second Timothy four eight, Second Thessalonians two nineteen. I go over the list again. First Peter five four, Philippians four one, First Corinthians nine twenty five, Second Timothy four eight, Second Thessalonians two nineteen. Stephanos is a word used for honor. Now notice. We want to look at Jesus. Question. Who tempted Jesus? Who tempted Jesus? Of course, Satan. Matthew 4, 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It was Satan who tempted Jesus. Alright? Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 of Matthew chapter 4. Verse 7. Jesus said unto him, It is written... Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Even the Lord recognizes that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. In Luke chapter 4 verse 12. Luke chapter 4 verse 12. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Look at Luke 10 25. Pay attention to that particular one. Luke chapter 10 verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him or tested him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Testing him to see. Testing him to see. God does not test anybody to see because God is all-knowing. He doesn't test to see. The word appears Aperazo, A-P-I-E-R-A-Z-O in the Greek. Test to see, aperazo. The word test or the word tempt. That word aperazo has an implication of evil intent. An implication of evil intent. So, when aperazo is used, it is to test to see evil. To test to see evil. It's different from Proving, proving to test to see. Like dokimazo. Dokimazo is different from aperazo. Dokimazo is to prove something. To test to see. Aperazo is testing with an evil intent. The word dokimazo can be seen in Romans 12 too. It says uh, to prove. Okay. Uh, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect to, to prove, to test, to see. But aperazo is testing with an evil intent. Aperazo is to test with an evil intent. That means God doesn't tempt or test with evil. God doesn't test with evil. Neither tempt he any man. Then James brings in another word, oidesis. O-E-D-I-S-I-S. O-E-D-I-S-I-S. It's an absolute that he doesn't test. So whenever that submission is made, that submission is wrong. God doesn't test anybody. 
We started with Job. Job started offering sacrifices in case his children have sinned to protect them from God's anger. Today they will have said Job is a very spiritual man because he prays all the time. The man is always praying. The man is so devoted. The man is very passionate about God. The man was not passionate about God. The man was praying out of fear because he was expecting some evil. His offering was to protect himself from God with God. You didn't hear that. He was giving an offering to protect himself from God with God. And Job did this continually. So let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. Which means at no point will God be emotional about his nature. Write that down. At no point will God be emotional about his nature. I repeat. At no point will God be emotional about his nature. Or God says, no, this one, I am going to react. I can't take it. It's too much. I must react. I must do something. At no point will God be emotional about his nature. What James is saying is, there's a consistent character of God. What James is saying is, God's character is consistently, constantly constant. Please pay attention. What James is saying is, God is not under pressure. So, don't say, let go in the Greek. Don't say that God is the one tempting. Then he begins to present a picture to us in verse 14. James 1.14. James 1.14. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Every man. So James presents man in the picture. Because the only way you have known God and the only way you will know God is in man. The only way you have known God and the only way you will know God is in man. So the error about God will be found where? In man. The correction about God will be found where? In man. I repeat. The error about God will be found where? In man. The correction about God will be found where? In man. So, every other thing will be a rumor. James presents a man to us. In James 1.14. Every man, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. It can be every man because that cannot be you and I. It cannot be you and I. And I'm going to explain that in the course of this teaching. But just keep that somewhere. In verse 16, give me verse 14, 15 and 16. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own laws and enticed. 15. Then when laws had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So where will I get error? It will be found in man or amongst men. The error 
concerning God will be found in man or among men. God is misunderstood in man or among men. Look at verse 17. Every good gift. Every, the word every there is a specific pronoun. He uses the term dosis. The giving God. The giving God. He's describing God. Every good gift. Every good from the giving God. Every good giving. The Greek word agathos. Every good giving means in physically good. That is, within this thing is good inside it. Within this thing is good inside it. And perfect gift or giving. And perfect gift or giving. So it's not the action, but the nature of the giving. What he's saying is, I am describing God's nature. God's nature. It is good, agathos, and perfect. I am describing God's nature. Every good gift, which is the nature that is describing, is good and perfect. God's giving is good, agathos, and perfect, teleo. The word T-E-L-E-O, teleo, or perfect, teleo. Good agathos. The word teleo is finish or accomplish. Perfect. Every good or accomplished gift. Every good or finished gift. Come down from above. Is the word anoten. The Greek word anoten. A-N-O-T-H-E-N. That's the same word you will see in John chapter 3 verse 3. John chapter 3 verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The same word in John 3 31. John 3 31. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from above, from heaven is above all. Now James 3.15 is very key. James 3.15 This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Remember, in using another here, James is describing men. James is describing men. Look at that James chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. Let no man say when he's tempted. Take note of the word man. Let no man say. Let no man say. Go to James 3 14. James 3 14. In fact, 3 from 13. James 3 13. James chapter 3 verse 13. Don't be confused. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. 14. But if you have bitter envying 
and strife in your hearts. Glory not and lie not against the truth in your hearts. In your hearts. Envying and strife in your hearts. Look at verse 15. This wisdom, envy and strife descended not from above but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So James is describing what? He's describing the nature of men. The nature of men. Envying and strife, confusion and every evil work is a description of of the nature of men. Then he now tells you in James 1 17 that if it is from above, if it is from above, the nature is good and finished. The nature is good and finished. Is the Greek word katabaino above a distance. So let's go over it as I round up this session. And I will start in the next session where I'm going to stop. Every man is tempted, not of God. That's the first thing you must take note of. Every man is tempted, but not of God. You can't find evil in him. You can't find evil in God and in his actions. You can't find evil in God and in his actions. You can't find evil in God and in his actions. What James is saying is, God is good in his nature. So whatever God produces, inherent in it is good and finished. Or good and accomplished. What James is saying is, evil has never been found in God. And God does not have the configuration for evil. Now listen carefully. What baffles many people is the, the seeming contradiction when they read the scripture. One place they will see God give it and God take it. God kill it and God make it alive. Then in another place they will see God is good. So there is an agitation in their mind caused by what they read from the scripture. So that's why James says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift, which is to say, God is giving. And the gift that God gives, inherent in it, is good and accomplished. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. Katabaino. And from the father of lights. With whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. That's to say, God is consistent in his character. God has never changed. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And James is saying, God does not react. God does not react. Because God is all-knowing. Now, I'm going to classify two things in the next service. 
And then we shall do exegesis under James 1, 1, 16 and 17. I am so committed to this and I trust God that you will come to a place where your heart is settled on the consistent character of God. There is no evil in God. There is only good in God. God is absolutely good. God is totally good. God is always good. God is generally good. There is no evil in God. There is no good in the devil. The devil is totally bad. God is totally good. The devil is absolutely bad. The devil is evil and the founder of evil. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Another translation says, it is his native language. But God has always been good. And we shall take time to look at the, the scriptures and do exegesis on those scriptures that seemingly confuses you whenever you read. This is going to be very detailed and we're going to take our time and do a lot of justice to this subject. But ladies and gentlemen, God is a good God. And I have news for you. He's your father. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Glory to God. Well, stand on your feet. I want to pray for you wherever you're watching around the world. Father, thank you for everyone connected to this service this morning. As we begin to introduce the subject of the misunderstood God. I pray that the eyes of your people's understanding be flooded, be flooded with light. Veils fall off, darkness totally dispelled, clarity comes by your word. Your people established in the truth, rooted and grounded. Every hold of the enemy totally broken and destroyed. Your people grow in grace and in knowledge. And I decree and declare this morning, veils fall off and clarity comes. The revelation of Jesus grows big in your heart until nothing else matters. Great grace is upon you. And we stand in faith this morning to speak over people that are going through affliction. People that are sick right now, even those that have been afflicted with this coronavirus, we release the healing power of God to the nations. We release the healing power of God over those that are afflicted and those that are sick. We command the devil, get your hands off. In the name of Jesus, sick bodies be healed. Be healed. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. And we command the healing power of God to flow into your body. From your head to the soles of your foot, we command the healing power of God to flow right into your body. And in the name of Jesus, barriers are broken and obstacles are taken away. Body be healed in the name of Jesus. We rebuke depression. We rebuke oppression. You hold of depression. Be broken in the name of Jesus. And we command the healing power of God to flow right where you are. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for the authority that is ours in Christ. And we rejoice that the coronavirus is already dried off from the root. Its influence is broken and its control is terminated. We expose the, the conspirators and we destroy its hold over humanity. It is not your will that any soul should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Satan, get your hands off. We expose and put an end to that pandemic. And we declare the massive salvation of souls. 
we see men and women coming to the knowledge of the truth as we continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. We rejoice in faith and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Listen to me. It's a joy to bring you the word of God even at this time. In the second service, which begins at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. I am going to take this teaching into the details of our subject. The misunderstood God. And I'm going to bring you clarity on those bottleneck scriptures that the devil has been using to create an agitation in your mind. We're going to have a powerful time of study. And we love you guys. It's a joy to bring you the word of God. Our campuses, we live in the able hands of our coordinators. All the house campuses in Uyo, we live in the able hands of our district pastors and all the pastors that are pastoring you. They will tell you what next to do and make all the announcements that needs to be done. But hey guys, we love you guys. I'm coming live again at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And until then, enjoy the next few minutes as you go over the notes again till I connect with you. And until then, grace abounds. Amen. Praise God.